This is February 17th. It's Wednesday and our morning prayer time. And today is the day that officially begins Lent. Now we associate the, associate the word Lent with the days just prior to Easter. But the word comes from an old English word that simply means spring season. Yeah, spring hasn't come, it's true. But this is leaning in the direction of spring. Now, originally, that word didn't have any religious significance, but it's come to be a time set aside to reflect on our need for grace and to cultivate humility in preparation for Good Friday and Easter. Now, this first day of Lent is called Ash Wednesday. You may see people on this day with a cross of ashes smeared on their foreheads. Lent begins in humility with the admission of our sin and our creatureliness. The ashes remind us that we are made of the earth, and to dust we will return. They are also the acknowledgement that every day we live in dust and ashes. We bear sin. We live in the shame of our sin. This is a powerful metaphor for our condition as broken and weak. It's a sign of humility and need. So why don't we smear ashes on our foreheads at Granada? Well, in our tradition, we try to follow the command of Jesus. He told us not to practice our faith in a way to be seen by people. You see, ashes on our foreheads out in public looks like a proclamation of our spirituality and our humility. Now, there's nothing wrong with putting ashes on you in this way. But we want our faith to first be practiced before God. Only he can see the humble heart. Now here's our text for today. Ephesians chapter 5, 2, I'm sorry, verse 1 to 5. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Now here is the Apostle Paul writing the church in Ephesus. The church he stayed with the longest. He stayed there to teach them the way of the gospel, and that's what he's doing here in this letter. He begins this chapter with an explanation of our condition. He doesn't say that we were sick or weak or struggling. He says that we were dead spiritually dead. That doesn't mean that we couldn't go out and live our lives. It means that we could do nothing to improve our place with God. We could never repair what is broken in ourselves. We could never tame the power of sin in our lives. We are too complex and too broken. Now, to many, this judgment of humanity seems harsh and negative, But when we think about it, we find it's good news. You say, well, how can it be good news? 
Well, can cancer really be treated if there's no admission that one has it? Will a disease be treated if its effects are denied or minimized? Of course not. Healing begins with an honest assessment of our place, our condition. Paul is saying, we cannot do it. We may want to, but it's just not possible because of our spiritual condition. This means as we look at the cross that we see the death of Jesus there, we see our own condition, dead. Now this season called Lent is really the contemplation of our death so that we will be prepared to embrace the life God has for us in Jesus. The amazing experience of Good Friday is that we see Jesus, we identify with him because he in his death has identified with us so that we might be able to join him where he is. Now it's here we need to admit that we resist the notion that we cannot make sufficient repairs to get our lives together. We set off on self-improvement plans, thinking with just a little more discipline and hard work, we can pull it together. The good news, hear this, the good news is that is impossible. If it were not so, it would all fall on us, the responsibility of it all. There would be the unending burden of making the making of ourselves what God intended us to be, something we could never accomplish. Now instead, we're going to see a death. It's the death of Jesus as we come to the cross. We find that we have died with Jesus and we've also been raised to new life. Now here's the thing. The good news of the gospel always brings with it a bad news, but honest news, about our need. And that's why those ashes are such a powerful symbol. They are really nothing but the sign of something that is all burned away, something that's gone. They announce to us what so many of us heard in the schoolyard as we were playing as children. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Let's pray. Lord God, I find myself trying to prove that I can do it. I can get myself together and be the person you made me to be. You are more honest than we are about ourselves and our sin. You show us in the cross the truth of our condition. Thank you for sending Jesus, our Savior, to enter into a death that is ours so that we might have a life that is his. For we pray in his name. Amen.